0: Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, nahmaduhu nasalli al-kareem. Amma ba. Alhamdulillah, tonight is the 3rd of August in the year 2023. And alhamdulillah, we moved on to the 89th night that we're going through the exalted and eminent life of the illustrious companion. Sayyidina Abdullah Ibn Mas'ud. And I spent a few sessions discussing where his blessed name is mentioned, where Sayyidina Uthman who decided to standardize the glorious Quran. So another question which is posed at this juncture, is did Sayyidina Ibn Mas'ud, not consider the last two surahs to be a part of the glorious Qur'an. So this might sound like a strange question, because everybody knows that Surah Falak and Surah Nas are part of the Qur'an. But this question is posed. Did Ibn Mas'ud consider these to be part of the Qur'an? It's actually quite humorous, because if he was the most learned of the Qur'an, (laughs) it's like, you know, if you put it in a modern setting, (laughs) It's like saying, does Einstein, he didn't know how to multiply. And <laughs> then you think, well he's, a, he's the world-leading expert in this field and you're talking about something that everybody knows. But <laughs> well, this is a question. The enemies of Islam and those with a disease in their hearts malign this majestic companion by stating, <laughs> Ibn Mas'ud, radhiyallahu, did not consider the last two calls from the Qur'an. So how do they substantiate that? And they quote a hadith. So in this hadith, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, is allegedly reported to have said the following. Do not mix up with the Qur'an, which is not part of the Qur'an. These two surahs are the last two are not included in the quran this was only a command enjoined upon the prophet sallallahu for seeking Allah allah's refuge so here it mentions explicitly that ibn mas'ud considered the last two surahs to be protective formulas but not part of the quran so where is this recorded so this is recorded in Imam Ahmad in his Musnad, Tabarani, Bazar, Abu Ya'la, Ibn Ihiban, Abu Nu'im, Ibn Mardawih, Humaydi, and Shaykh Mawdoodi in his Tafseer, Volume 16, page 356 of the English Translation. So, have they got a point? Is this true? This, as will be shown, insha'Allah, is another false allegation about this most noble and venerable man. So how do we know this is not true? It is an absolutely concrete fact that the uninterrupted recitals from Ibn Mas'ud contain these very surahs. So what do I mean by that? There's seven mutawatir recitals. But there's another three. There's ten recitals. of the glorious ten recitals, the one from Asim, this is the chain. It is related, Asim relates by Abu Abdul Rahman Sulmi, who relates from Zir ibn Hobesh, who relates from Abu Amr al Shaibani, who relates from Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. So one of the recitals, Mutawatir of the Quran, it goes through ibn Mas'ud. So the question to pose is, do any of the seven mutawatir recitals or the three, the ten, do they not consider the last two surahs to be part of the Qur'an? Of course not. They all say it's part of the Qur'an. It goes to Ibn Masud. So you've got a mutawatir chain, text, where he's including them to be part of the Qur'an. And similarly, the other recital, the recital of Hamza, rahmatullah Ali is related by alqama rahmatullah alayhi aswad rahmatullah alayhi ibn wahab rahmatullah alayhi masruk rahmatullah alayhi asim ibn damra and harith all of whom reported it from abdullah ibn mas'ud mm-hmm. radiyallahu mm-hmm. furthermore the recitals of qisai and khalf rahimahumullah are also traced back to abdullah ibn mas'ud how radiyallahu because qisai And learnt it from Hamza. And Khalaf was also a student of his students. So many of the recitals. Go through Ibn Masood. Thus. Since there is an absolute consensus on the fact That all the reports of the ten recitals. Are transmitted uninterruptedly from generation to generation. I mutawatir then any isolated report against these must be rejected outright and can never be accepted so this is the science if you've got quran saying yes and you've got a report from a sahaba saying no it doesn't take a brain surgeon to work out it can't be true because the sahaba taught us the quran so here you've got this absolute contradiction but the water recitals going through Ibn Mas'ud, of course, including the last two calls. And you go, an isolated report, where he goes, no. So obviously it's rejected. Those most of the blessed scholars, Rahimahumullah, of a hadith, have termed the above report from Ibn Mas'ud as either Mawduh, fabricated, or weak, such as Imam Nawawi, Hafiz Ibn Hazm, amongst others, Rahimahumullah. So, this is the simple clarification. It's a fake report or it's very weak. Either way, it contradicts Mutawatl reports, it's rejected. <laughs> However, it is important to highlight that half is Ibn Hajar Askalani, Rahmatullah in his Fattal Bari, Volume 8, page 3, and half is Al Haythami, Rahmatullah in Majma Al zawaid Volume 7, page 149, have mentioned that the chain of narrators for this report is reliable. Mm -hmm. However, this by itself, again, is not sufficient to authenticate the report. Why? For the text also needs to be free from any irregularity. So simply put, for a narration to be sound, it must have a strong chain and a flawless text. Mm -hmm. So what's happened here? If we go by the great Hafiz ibn Hajar as asqalani he says the chain is sound. Mm. But the text is odd. Mm. Thus, in these rare cases, where a text has a reliable chain, but which opposes other flawless narrators, even more reliable than themselves, then this is termed in the science of hadith, a shad, strange or odd. Mm. So again, it's not really technical, but most Muslims, do they know that? <coughs> so you'll get a Christian, enemy of Islam, trying to find fault with Islam, and he's going to start saying, there's an authentic report, mm. uh, which your collect your Imam Ahmed collected it, and Ibn Hajar Asqalani, the great scholar of Hadith, said this is sound, and he's actually not lying. <laughs> but he's deceiving you, <laughs> because he's not mentioning that the text is odd. Have <laughs> you understood? Mm. So this is again, another way to look at this. Mm. So now going into a little bit, the slip seems to be from a subnirate, because something's happened in the chain. If we accept the finding of Ibn Hajar al it's an authentic chain. If we accept that, then how is this narration come to us? The slip seems to be from a subnirate. Which subnirate? Hafiz Al-Haytami in Majma al zawaid volume 7, page 149, he said the narration of Ahmad, which I've quoted, that describes the saying of Ibn Mas'ud as these surahs are not included in the Quran, is reported only by Abdul Rahman ibn Yazid Nahi'i. Rahmatullah Ali. Nobody else reported this sentence from Ibn Mas'ud as such. So what's happened? The key statement of Ibn Mas'ud which he apparently said, these surahs are not part of the Quran. None of the other narrators mentioned them. <laughs> Only one person narrated the extra sentence. So Hafiz al He said, this seems to be the error. It's an innocent mistake. Assume the narrators made a mistake, the other narrators haven't narrated this sentence. <laughs> so this is again looking at it very briefly. But a question remains. If these narrations are not correct, then why have the reliable narrators reported such a baseless thing? More so, it being proven that Abdullah ibn Mas'ud did not have the last two surahs in his own manuscript. So like I mentioned yesterday, or a few weeks back, he was told to respectfully Erase his own manuscript. His own text. The people say. In his own personal copy of the Quran. There wasn't these last two surahs. So they go. That seems to prove that he's not accepted that they're part of the Quran. So how do we explain this? This is simply answered by alluding to the fact. That although Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. Radiya believe without doubt that the last two quls were part of the glorious book he still did not have them written in his own manuscript Alama Zahir Rahmatullah in Maqalat al page 16 he said Ibn Mas'ud had not written them down because there was no fear of them being forgotten for indeed every Muslim learns them by heart but don't forget it's his own personal copy it's not for public consumption so obviously it's like notes if you think this is well established i don't need to write this it's something a process that goes through your mind but sometimes you hear something you think i need to write this down because i'm made i've heard it for the first time i may forget it's an important point so common sense he didn't write the last two surats in his own. Why? Because everybody knows these surats. You know, he knew, you know, well, he, well, he knew the whole entire Quran. But the last two, he didn't. This argument is supported by the fact that Abdullah ibn Mas'ud did not even write surat Fatiha in his manuscript. So are you now going to be so foolish to say he doesn't believe Fatiha as part of the Quran? <laughs> Imagine, you you know, if you had his script, mashallah, and you go, Ali Filaam, where's Fatiha? Oh, he didn't believe it. And you get to the end, finishes on surah Al-Ikhlas. Where's surah? Oh, he didn't believe it. you know, he, he hasn't wrote it because this is common. Everybody knows this. Imam Abu Bakr al-Ambari, he relates that Abdullah ibn Abbas, was asked about this, and ibn Abbas, replied, if he had written surah al-Fatiha, he would have written it with every surah. What did he mean by that? So Ibn Abbas said something very interesting. You know, imagine people going to other Sahab. Oh, did you know that Ibn Masud didn't have the last two surahs in his Quran? Mm-hmm. So Ibn Abbas said he would have wrote it with every surah if he did. So, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Imam Abu Bakr, Rahmatullah, in Qurtubi in his tafsir, he explained, meaning that since this surah is recited with every surah during Salah, he thus had it omitted and relied on the memory of the muslims <laughs> because you're deciding it you can't offer salah you can't offer a surat before fatiha mm-hmm. if somebody goes to you brother it's all right you don't need to read fatiha just be cool mm-hmm. is your prayer valid according to most of the scholars no mm-hmm. so ibn abbas said if he's gonna write that he would have wrote it with every surat meaning you does he need to write it those <laughs> in conclusion if the statement of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud of the last two surahs not being from the glorious book is true, then what of Abdullah ibn Amr's report? So, what did Abdullah ibn Amr say? Now, think about this. In Sahih Bukhari, number 3806, Sahih Muslim, number 6334 to 5, in the chapter on the virtues of the companions, Ahmad in his Muslim, number 6795, Sahih. Abdullah ibn Amr عنه, said, I heard Rasulullah say, said Allah <inaudible> alayhi learn the Quran from four, from Ibn Umi Abd, and he started with him, Mu'ad ibn Jabal, Obey ibn Qab, and Salim Mawla Abu Hudayfa, radiyallahu ta'ala, so let's look at this, where is this hadith, Bukhari and Muslim, what did the Prophet sallallahu say, learn the Quran from four, who did he mention first, Abdullah ibn Masood. And Abdullah ibn Amr actually pointed that out because he started with him, meaning he's the first port of call. Then he mentioned Sralla, Mu'ad Ubay and Salim. Imam Nawawi commented alayhi in Sahih Muslim 16-18. The scholars mention the reason Rasulullah mentioned these four was that they were the ones who had most precision. With regards to the words. And recited it the best. Even if some Udras had more knowledge regarding their meanings than they did. <coughs> so stopping the core So what did Imam Nawwi say? Why did the Prophet mention only these four Sahaba? And one thing that went through my mind. Why didn't the Prophet mention the Khilafat Rajiv? Abu Bakr, Roman, Uthman and Ali. You would have expected at least one of them. None of them are mentioned. So good question. So Imam Nawwi said... These four had the most precision with regards to the words mm-hmm. and they recited it the best. Mm-hmm. Look at the names, mm-hmm. Ibn Masood recited like Jibreel, mm-hmm. Ibn Majah Sayyid Hadith, Muad ibn Jabal, he was one of the most learned, he was the most learned of the halal and the haram, there will be a stone's throw ahead of the scholars on the day of judgment, Imam Ahmad Musnad, beautiful reciter of the Quran. Ubay ibn qab, Sayyid, it was the best reciter, the Prophet said. And Salim, the Prophet was just listening to him one secretly. He goes, Praise be to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who's put a man like Salim in my ummah. So all of them were amazing reciters. So this is what the Prophet was referring to. Then Imam Nawi said, Rahmatullah also these four spent their entire life learning the Quran from Rasulullah. Directly from his blessed mouth. Whilst others sufficed with learning it from one another. Look at these beautiful clarifications. So, for example, let's pick a saab, Abdullah ibn Umar. Was he half his? Yes. Did he learn it directly from the Prophet? So, you could argue, yes, all of it. Then you go, no, he didn't. So, he learned from others. These four direct. Think about that. That's why the Prophet goes, go to them. I've taught them. Mm -hmm. Then Imam Nawi said, another possible reason is that Rasulullah wanted to inform of what would happen after his leaving the world. And these four would move up in their ranks and abilities, and that they are better in that than others. Those the Quran should be learned from them. So it's a miracle. The Prophet mentioned four men. Did any of the four pass away before Rasulullah? No. So Imam we was saying, so the wisdom here is, they were the ones you turn to after the Prophet and they would increase in their understanding as well. So this is one clarification. Hafiz Qasṭalani said, in his commentary of Bukhari, al-Shadu Sarih, volume 6, page 138, the Holy Prophet mentioned them specifically by name, so that people keep them in mind first when, inqu- when acquiring the glorious Qur'an. So why am I mentioning all this? <laughs> Hafiz ibn Hajar Asgalani, he said in Fattal Bari, Volume 7, page 119. This does not mean that the other companions, ta'ala anhum, did not have the knowledge of proper recital. Indeed, the others are not excluded from the acquisition of the glorious Qur'an. However, these four are mentioned owing to their outstanding qualities in this regard. Who's first in the four? Ibrahim Masood. So let me get this straight. You're telling me he doesn't consider the last two surahs to be part of the Quran Yeah. And yet, on the other end of the spectrum, Rasulullah is telling us to learn Quran from him. And he goes, yes. So, there's a complete contradiction. <laughs> Rasulullah taught us to go to these outstanding men and yet he doesn't know the, the last two surahs of the Quran. So the response is, this text is rejected. Both the scholars have discussed it at length, and yet again, you get the Christians, you know, apologetics and all the rest of it, Orientalists, to this very day because your Quran is not preserved. Why isn't it? And he goes, because Ibn Mas'ud did not consider the last two surahs to be part of the Quran. Where's the proof? And then they, they the report. And what's interesting, maybe thinking good about them, maybe they, know, they don't know. Maybe they genuinely think that Ibn Mas'ud said this. So our response to them is educate them. He say thank you for looking into our religion. Very good question. I'm aware of this report. Have you got a few minutes? I'll explain <laughs> And if he's sincere and you explain it to him, he's not going to be like a Jehovah's Witness, go to the next Muslim and think, well, let's try it on him. Mm-hmm. If he's sincere, he'll stop any he strikes because they don't accept this report. Mm-hmm. So note, here, the attacks. <laughs> They're using Ibn masud mm-hmm. And what's interesting, why have they targeted him? Mm-hmm. Because they know that he is somebody upon whom the deen is a mighty pillar of the deen. Mm-hmm. Look at the fiqh. Hanifi fiqh is based heavily upon Ibn Masood. If you tarnish him, the fiqh collapses. Mm -hmm. Forget about the fiqh, the Quran collapses. That's why they've chosen him. So, note again here. Mm -hmm. And if anybody queries, well, what's he doing in Imam Ahmad's Muslim? Why did Imam Ahmad record it? The response is, Imam Ahmad, he did not put a condition on his collection that he will only collect Sahih reports. Mm -hmm. You understand? If he did, then you got a point. Maybe he put it into his collection to highlight, be aware of this. Like Ibn Jareed said, the late Hafiz Ibn at Tabari he wrote a very voluminous work called the Tariq, the History. And it's, it's massive. Right at the beginning, what does he say? He goes, I have not included just authentic reports. I put everything into this collection. Now, why did he say that at the beginning? Because he was Thinking in his blessed time, people can distinguish. Mm. Can people distinguish now? No. Mm. So you quote Tabadi in his tariq. Is it authentic, brother? And he goes, Well, did Ibn Jalil know that when he recorded it? These are the games they play. And then you respond by saying, Well, haven't you read his opening paragraph? <laughs> and he said, I've included everything in here fish and mm. So we have to authenticate. So maybe Imam Ahmad recorded that on the same understand Whatever the case, it's not an acceptable report. Yes. It could be authentic in terms of his chain. But that's just the first part of the test. Then you look at the text. The text is outright rejected throughout the scholarship. Mm -hmm. And not again. And he also contradicts the mutawatir recitals which go through the great Ibn Mas'ud. We seek refuge in Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from all forms of deviation and misguidance. Ameen. Mm -hmm. So now think about this. This is the 89th night. (laughs) Now we're discussing it. (laughs) Bajara doesn't know anything about Ibn Masud. <laughs> right? Then you go, Ibn Masud say Ibn Masud. What do you know about Ibn Masud? <laughs> Put it in context. Before you quote anybody, you need to know who the person is. And notice when you get a profile of the companions and you come to these like shady statements, you know it, they didn't say it. You know, for example, if you know somebody really well and somebody goes, the other day he was effing and blinding, you think. Brother, come on! What are you talking about? I know him so well. He's never swore once in his life. What are you talking about? Why have you made that statement? Because you know full well the character and the persona of that person. The companions are the same. So when you when I heard that report, I went, Bakwas. <laughs> you know, why? Because I know a little bit about Ibn Masudi because he never said that. What sort of? It's like you know. A world expert doesn't know the basics. Is that what you're saying? But if you don't know this is a world expert, you'd expect him to make silly mistakes. So again, note me carefully. I wanted to put this in here to highlight this question, the answer to this question. Are there any questions you'd like to ask? بسم الله نحمد اللهم اشهد ان لا اله الا انت استغفرك واتوب اليك وبلغ النبي الشيطان سبحان رب على المرسلين والحمد الله رب العالمين بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والاصح الانسان الذي الصالحات بالحق الله